appreciate that video. That's outstanding. Does a very good job of giving you a sense for what God is doing. Okay, I know we've been going on long, but I'm sorry, folks. We're going to preach this morning. Amen? And um, it is Father's Day. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. And, uh, you know, I do want to uh, minister... Uh, and we're going to go to Exodus here, and I'll, I'm going to try to uh, be um, brief uh, and emphasize the word try. Exodus chapter 2, we're going to go there in the word of God. I, I, if, if you don't remember, on Mother's Day, a month ago or so, I preached uh, a sermon uh, that really wasn't on mothers, but on women called Save the Girls. And how society has a responsibility to protect its women and how that has gone missing in our day, where women don't think they need to be protected and men are no longer uh, uh, understanding their role to protect women. Uh, today, I want to preach part two uh, to that message. And so my sermon isn't necessarily just on fathers, although every father I know is a man, uh, but it's on men. And I want to speak to this for a few minutes um, because I believe we're living in the age of the vanishing male uh, where that is missing. And I want you to consider an event that happened last month in London, England, where a couple of uh, recently converted jihadists, these are young uh, men who are from Africa. I've been to London many times. There are a lot of uh, uh, West Indians and, and Africans that are second, third generation in London and these men were raised in Christian homes uh, and then uh, got exposed to jihadist, uh, radical Islam. And last month, they waited outside of a military barracks there in London. Um, and a young man walked, uh, a young soldier, a, uh, a veteran from Iraq. It was a random choice. This young man uh, was walking across the street in front of the military base. And these guys were waiting. And they drove their car into him, hit him. And then after they hit him, they jumped out of the car and they proceeded to try to decapitate him. And many of you saw the pictures of this. Um, this was an outrageous, shocking behavior. The police did not show up for 20 minutes. These men stood there over the lifeless body um, of this uh, uh, soldier. They are, they were, these men were covered in blood. Um, but during these 20 minutes, something really interesting happened. And that is um, that the only people to approach the scene were women. 
Women came off the bus um, and uh, engaged these men, began to talk to them. Uh, one woman said, I need to go over there, went over to this young man uh, and actually put his hand on him and began praying for him. And in the pictures, you can see all the others standing far away watching uh, as these women uh, are talking with them, uh, talking to these men uh, and, uh, and trying to care for this body. Um, 20 minutes later, um, the police show up. There's a brief shootout, and these men were shot by a policewoman. And so as a result of that, there was a question in the British newspaper, and that was, where were the men? Why is it that women stepped in and what was going on? What took place? I want to preach a sermon this morning. I preached a last sermon called Save the Girls. And I was going to call it Save the Boys or Save the Men. And my wife said, why don't you call it Save the Males? And that's why I want to preach on Save. I know you're into Saving the Whales. Let's Save the Males this morning. <laughs> And I want to talk to you, I need to move along. In Exodus 2, verse 21, uh, the Bible says uh, these words uh, uh, to us uh, this morning. Uh, Exodus, uh, uh, all of a sudden here, what, uh, here you go, okay, here we are here, I'm lost, unbelievable. Exodus 2, uh, Exodus chapter 2. Okay, uh, verse 16, let's start right there. The priest of Midian had seven daughters, and they came and drew water, and they filled the troughs to water their father's flock. Then the shepherds came and drove them away, but Moses stood up and helped them and watered their flock. And when they came to Rahuel, their father, he said, how is it that you have come so soon today? And they said, verse 19, an Egyptian delivered us from the hand of the shepherds, and he also drew enough water for us and watered the flock. So he said to his daughters, and where is he? Why is it that you have left the man? Call him that he may eat bread. Verse 21 says, then Moses was content to live with the man, and he gave Zipporah, his daughter, to Moses. Wonderful story. Now, turn the page to chapter 4, verse 25. It says, then Zipporah, now he marries her. It says, then Zipporah took a sharp stone, cut off the foreskin of her son, cast it at Moses' feet and said, surely you are a husband of blood to me. So he let him go. Then she said, you are a husband of blood because of the circumcision. Father, I thank you this morning for what you're doing. I thank you for this powerful witness of this boot camp. And God, I pray that you will speak to every man here to be a man of God and to understand the role that they play God, I pray for women here who are bitter at men because they've been violated by them. Set them free and cause them to see the value of a man in her life. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise the Lord. All right, I want to talk to you about the need for a strong man. And so, uh, you know, I've preached on this passage many times. Uh, the Bible says that Zipporah and her sisters have gone to the well uh, where they are going to get water. Remember back in Bible days, the well was the social gathering place of a culture. Uh, uh, everybody went to the well. Lots of activity would take place there. And the Bible says uh, as these young women were drawing water, uh, they began to be harassed by some men. The Bible says they were shepherds. Uh, uh, 
they went into the scene. This happens all the time. Uh, it can happen at a well. It can happen at a McDonald's. Uh, a group of young girls go in, uh, and then you begin to get uh, boorish uh, men uh, who go in and begin to harass the girls. How many know that still happens in 2013? And they begin to harass these women uh, and bother them. Um, and unbeknownst to them, sitting right there in that uh, uh, McDonald's um, is Moses. Moses is, uh, at the time, he's 40 years old. He is a prime of his life. He is a military man. They would have never guessed uh, that he had been trained in the finest schools uh, of Egypt. And he's sitting there, unassuming, uh, and he's watching uh, these young girls be pushed around and bullied uh, by these men. Uh, and the Bible says that Moses rose up um, and delivered them out of the hands of the shepherds. Uh, Moses, I can only imagine, you know, uh, uh, your classic, uh, he probably beat them through them kicked them uh, uh, you know one guy against seven or eight um, and they ended up uh, running away uh, and all the girls are there going ah, ah look at him and then not only the bible says did he rescue the girls then he said would you like some water I'll get it for you. Oh, thank you. And he goes and he, he dips the water, and the Bible says he provides them. Uh, and when they get home, the girls are all giggly and, uh, you know, and everything. And their father says, you know, why, why are you guys home so early? In verse 19, they said, an Egyptian oh, <laughs> delivered us from the hand of the shepherds, and he also drew enough water for us and watered the flock. <laughs> I mean, this is it, man. You know, if you're a single young man and you want to get married, then verse 19 is one of those verses in the Bible you ought to underline and mark and highlight. Uh, she said, they, th these girls said he delivered us and he drew water for us. Amen. If you want to figure out how to, how to uh, you know, get attention from a good girl, listen, it's not in the cologne you wear. Can you say amen? It's not in the amount of grease you put in your hair. He showed that he was strong and he was caring. He was a provider and a protector. And that is what these girls wanted. And the Bible says that he ends up marrying Zipporah. Now, this is a powerful picture of God's intention for women, men and women. Women civilize men. Men are at their best when they are providing and protecting women. If a man is going to be his best, it is going to be because he provides and he protects the women in his life. And what we see in that little story is God's unfolding of his plan. Many years ago, I read a book called Men in Marriage. I preached several sermons out of that. But for the benefit of this message, and obviously there are always new people here, in this book, George Gilder describes, tells the story of the princess and the barbarian. Here's a beautiful princess. And uh, in this story, there's a man who lives on the outskirts of town. He's a barbarian. He lives in a cave. Um, he is a menace to society. He is re ripping off and thieving. Uh, everybody fears him. He's always a problem uh, causer. Um, and one day, uh, the princess uh, is walking through the woods, uh, and she encounters the barbarian. And when he sees her, uh, he becomes absolutely attracted to her. Uh, and he goes and he tries to talk to her, and she says... Talk to the hand. I'm not talking to you, buddy, until you take a bath, clean up, get a job, 
Quit ripping people off. Uh, you get your life together uh, and maybe we'll talk. And so this guy uh, is so enamored by her uh, that he immediately runs to the pond, uh, cleans himself up, combs his hair, uh, uh, quits uh, uh, ripping people off, starts using his strength to be productive. Uh, and, he, and he goes back to her and she keeps demanding more and more from him. Uh, and as he is pursuing her, uh, he's changing. As he's pursuing her, uh, he is now no longer a menace to society. Uh, but he actually becomes uh, a great blessing to society. And finally, she says, okay, uh, now we can get married. Um, now I can trust you to raise these babies. Uh, and George Gilder uses that to illustrate the truth that men are at their best uh, when they are caring and protecting women. That there's a quality uh, that emerges uh, in a man. Uh, and that is why if you are a young woman... Don't be easy, don't be cheap. Because men don't change, dear, unless you make them change. 90% of violent crimes in this country are done by single men, even though they're only 13% of the population. A single man is 30% more likely to be unemployed, 70% um, less than a married man. Somebody said married men build, are the builders of society, single men are the destroyers of a society. Because men are at their best when, like Moses, uh, they are coming to the aid uh, and want to help and look after women. Nehemiah 4.14, uh, he says to the men, fight for your brethren, your sons, your daughters, your wives, and your houses. Every day that a man goes to work, and comes home every day that a man sets aside his plans uh, to sacrifice for his family. He is not just building his family, he is building society. Every time that a man uh, takes responsibility uh, and says, you know what, uh, I am going to use my strength to provide and to protect, uh, I'm going to tell you everybody benefits. Uh, that is the plan of God. Now, I want to talk to you about the slander this morning. Because men have been given a bad name. I believe we are living in an age where there's a strategy against uh, manhood. Where men are being challenged uh, not to be men anymore. Let me read you a quote from Time magazine. Men are smoking less and drinking less and eating better. And it's talking about how the gap between the uh, uh, age, uh, uh, the life expectancy has shrunk between men and women. Uh, and Time magazine says the gap isn't shrinking because women are acting like men, but men are acting like women. There's a sentiment in our world that men uh, need to be different than they used to be. In fact, uh, if we're not careful, a lot of times ladies will refer to a guy as a Neanderthal, a caveman who walks around and his knuckles are, 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 are dragging along the round. And the idea is that he's not refined, that he hasn't been civilized, um, and he is now a nuisance. We live in the age of the metrosexual. I was in South Africa, and uh, uh, Pastor uh, uh, Anderson, I think it was Andy, that took me to a mall there, and they actually had in the mall a, 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 a store called Metrosexual. And I walked in, and inside there, the salesman was a Metrosexual. And I was like, and I couldn't help, bro, what are you doing, man? What are you doing working here? Think about it. Nearly every boy that goes to public school is targeted to be medicated for ADD. 
tell you this, mom, especially you single moms, they're going to come to you and say that your boy is uh, not paying attention and he's a bright kid and all he needs is a little medication. No, I'll tell you what it is, is they don't want boys to be boys anymore. They don't want boys to uh, function uh, and, uh, and make noises um, and do the things that boys do. We are living in the nanny state where, uh, you know, it's always, you know, are you going to be okay? Are you going to be okay? And, uh, you know, you got to wear a helmet if you have a bicycle. And we don't want you to be aggressive. And we, we don't want you to have toy guns. One article said after this attack in London uh, that the jihadists have learned that only their women act like men. And that what this man was saying was that the problem is that men are no longer being men and there are those that want to injure society that say, you know what, this is a good thing. That we, we, we're trying to uh, uh, teach men not to be what God intended them to be. C.S. Lewis said, we make men without chess and expect of them virtue and enterprise. We laugh at honor and are shocked to find traitors in our midst. We castrate and build the geldings be fruitful. That in one sense, a society says, oh yeah, we need strong, courageous men that will be providers and protectors. We need that. Uh, but then when it comes to a man being a man, we don't want a man to be a man. And I believe what's happening is men have been slandered the misconduct of some men, and what's happening is now all men, all men are being blamed. Now think about this story that we read, because the Bible says that when Zipporah met and fell in love with Moses, she saw a man that was a provider and a protector. He fought off the shepherds and then provided her the water, and she said, I want to marry a guy like this. How many young girls could say you want to marry a guy like that? Amen. I don't know if he had a red Ferrari. I don't know if uh, all that Moses had, but this man is a provider and protector, and she said, I want to marry him. And then we have this unusual event. Years later, they've been married, they have children, and the Bible says that Moses wants to circumcise his kids. Um, and this woman, uh, the Bible says, she gets very, very upset. Uh, she does not like this violent act, uh, and the Bible says that she throws the uh, foreskin of the boy Adam and says, you are a bloody man. And now she is no longer this uh, young woman uh, who says, uh, you know what, thank God for a, for a man who's willing to stand up uh, and protect uh, women that are in need, who are willing to serve and use their strength. Uh, instead, uh, now she says to him, you are a bloody man. You are a violent man. And now she is upset and angry, and she doesn't like uh, what she believes to be a violent act of circumcision uh, towards her uh, sons. I want you to think about that. There is no record in the Bible of Moses mistreating Zipporah. There is no story in the Bible that we can draw from uh, that would cause Zipporah to arrive at this conclusion towards Moses uh, that he was a violent or a bloody man. There was a time in Zipporah's life when she was grateful that Moses was a warrior. But I want you to consider something. I believe that what we are looking at here is that Zipporah had been mistreated by men, but she had not been treated by, mistreated by that man. 
and the mistreatment that she had received from this man has now caused her to view all men as bloody and violent. She now distrusts him. You're a bloody man. Listen to me, ladies. About 21 years ago or 22 years ago, I preached a sermon back in the old building on Imperial called Man-Haters. And in that sermon, I, I was making the case that, that if a woman's not careful, she can develop a man-hating spirit. And what I meant by that is that if you're not careful, because there are bad men, you can begin to view all men like the bad men. And there comes in your life a distrust of men. You can actually begin to take it out on all men. Question these men and, and wonder, we say, why are, is there such an assault on manhood today? And why are they doing this? Because there is, I believe, in our world a spirit that wants us to distrust the strong male and begin to view him as a bloody man. I, I know what you're like. And I believe that you go through the word of God, you see this pattern. Michael is the daughter of King Saul. And the Bible says that she, her father is an irresponsible, selfish man. He is a man that has no problem using his daughter's dignity as a political tool uh, for his own advantages. And when he's threatened by the young man, David, uh, who seems to be rising, he wants, uh, he wants uh, David to die in battle. Uh, uh, and he finds out that David loves his daughter. And so he sets her dowry uh, at uh, 100 foreskins. He says, you know, uh, if you want to marry my daughter, I want you to go and kill 100 Philistines and bring back the proof. Um, and so here you are. You're a princess. You're a little girl. Um, and uh, all that matters to you is your father's opinion of you. All that matters to you is that your father sees value in you. And this man, uh, rather than uh, bestow incredible value, uh, puts her life and the, her, her worth as 100 foreskins. For no other reason that he's not even thinking about his daughter. He's only thinking about that David, in attempting to do this, is going to die in battle. He doesn't even care. David, even David, is so outraged that he brings back 200 as some sort of effort to try to give a little bit of dignity to this poor little girl. And I want to tell you this morning, fathers set the value of their daughters. Fathers determine a girl's value. Back in still cultures today, uh, when uh, uh, somebody wants to marry a girl, uh, he'll say, I want three cows and two bigs and a cat. And he'll, he, will, he will set her value depending on who she is. That has not changed. That is true today in modern America. Little girls, they, they want that feel, a sense of value, and that comes from their father. That's why if you're a father, you've got to treat your little girls right. You can't dismiss them. I wish I had more time to illustrate this uh, with you, but I, I, I'm not going to do that this morning. But you give her dignity, bro. And no wonder that Michael grows up with all these issues in her life, running back and forth between men. Tamar, I mentioned her Wednesday night. She's a sexually abused girl. Tamar's the one who got date raped. And the Bible says after she was raped by Amnon, she goes to live in her brother's house and she never comes out of the house. 
because after being violated by a man sexually, she's never going to trust a man again. She has now, this has slandered her mind towards men. All men are dogs. All men are perverts. All men are adulterers. All men uh, are lust bags. You know, there are women who think that way. I mean, they've, they've written off to all the male species. I know what you guys are like. Because you were violated. Jezebel is married to a weak, passive husband. Jezebel is married to a weak, passive husband. And in her mind, men are obstacles to be crushed. And her mind, you know, just get out of the way. Shut up, get out of the way. I'll handle this. And so, you know, because she's married to this weak, passive, emotional guy, in her mind, I am men, you know, it's crush them. And even when the powerful prophet Elijah calls down fire from heaven uh, and orders uh, the judgment on these priests of Beth, all of it means absolutely nothing to her. Because in her mind, all men are really weak. Yeah, you get their ego, you know, the male ego. Just get out of the way. A man-hater hates men. You know, the, the dirty little secret of the, the butch that's become so popular in our government today is a hate man. Because in Jezebel's mind, I'm a better man than you are. Listen to what the Wall Street Journal says. Relatively affluent, free of family responsibilities, speaking about men. Relatively affluent, free of family responsibilities, and entertained by an array of media devoted to his every pleasure, the single young man can live in pig heaven, and often does. Women put up with him for a while, but then a fear, disgust, either give up on any idea of a husband and kids, or just go to a sperm bank and get the DNA without the troublesome man. You know, it's very interesting at boot camp when these kids come off that bus and they're confronted by authority, particularly male authority, and you can see the reactions. There are kids because they have a, a, a respect for their father and they have an involved father in their life. They, I mean, they, they come out and these drill instructors begin to deal with them and they immediately look them and understand what they want and comply. They understand that because they have a father who challenges them. And deals. But it's amazing. There's so many fatherless kids uh, or absent fathers or fathers uh, who, uh, you know, and, and, they, and they come off that bus and they, they are utterly shocked. And they, they don't even know how to process manhood. Their world, their society, it's all a bunch of women or, or uh, weak or homosexual men. And, they, and all of a sudden it's like they've never seen a male authority act like a man. 
this horrible slander. All men are dogs, all men are bad. All men are weak, all men are confused. And rob you of this wonderful gift of a man of God. Let me talk to you about God and men and we'll finish. I got a word for you this morning if you're a woman here. Not all men are bad. Come on, say amen. Help me out here. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. You haven't really convinced me yet, you know. <laughs> 73 times in the Bible you find the term men of God. I All men are dogs. Well, the truth is eight out of ten men have been faithful to their wives. 85% of men said if they had to do it over again, they would marry their wives. 85%. They asked the women the same question. You know what they said? 50% said no. You know, ladies, it is quite possible that you married one of the good guys. Why do I feel like I have to repeat things this morning? <laughs> he may not have been, per I understand, but, but you, know, you know, it's quite possible you married a good guy. Yeah, yeah, I know about the misconduct, and I know, I understand that, but you can be sitting next to a good guy this morning. A guy who loves you and loves the kids and just wants to do the right thing. He ain't perfect. He needs the blood of Jesus like everybody else, but he is there and he's with you. But if you're not careful, you will punish him for the misconduct of other men in your life. A bad father, maybe when you were a sinner, bad situations. I love what Wayne LaPierre said. You may not like Wayne LaPierre, but I like him. He is the president of the NRA. And after that horrible tragedy in Newtown, where that young boy who was living alone with his indulgent mother, as she went out and bought him guns and violent video games and fed him meds, created a cocktail where he went to a school and shot those children and those teachers. Wayne LaPierre said, the answer for a bad man with a gun is a good man with a gun. Yeah, there are bad men, but there are some good men too. And we want the good men uh, to have the confidence and the know-how and the courage to act when bad men act up. Ezekiel 36 says, I will increase their men like a flock, like a flock offered as holy sacrifices, like the flock at Jerusalem on its feast day, so shall the ruined cities be filled with flocks of men. This is part of God's answer. He says, my answer is that I'm going to give you men. I'm going to give you men. Listen, if there's going to be any hope, if there's going to be any restoration or rebuilding, it's going to be because I'm giving you men. And, oh, thank God for these men. Coming to a place where we are convinced, oh God, we need men. Not down them, not distrust them, not roll our eyes at them, but say, you know what, thank God for men. I was so amazed. I can say we've been doing this 20 years. As Doris mentioned at the end, when, when at, uh, you know, we, 
we're coming to the conclusion and I introduced the counselors and all the staff and these kids get a chance to cheer them. And then when I introduced the drill instructors one by one and these kids are just, I mean, it was a roar. I doubt that the AT&T Center was any louder on Tuesday night than it was in that boot camp. And when a senior drill instructor, Lavelli, comes, I mean, the outpouring of, of, of love and affection that these kids have. I mean, it was like a wave. It just was a wave. Because Dia Lavelli rode them hard this year. He was in their face. He, he was unrelenting. And at the end, the love and appreciation that these kids had towards these drill instructors and towards this authority. Oh, God, give us men. We don't want to do away with this. We don't want to lose this. This is the answer. The woman at the well had been burned five times. She had been married five times. Husbands had gotten married. Back in the day, a woman didn't divorce a man, but a man could just divorce a woman. He just grew tired of her, didn't lie the way she cooked, burned the tortillas. Just write a bill of divorcement, handed to her, and she was done. Five times in her life, men had married her only to say, I reject you and turn her away. She is so jaded. She is so uh, 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 messed up. Uh, uh, by this time, then she meets another guy, and she doesn't even marry him. They just live together. They're not even married. Oh, we're common law. No, 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 you're not common law. You're shacking up. That's, what this, I mean, that's how jaded she was. That's why she didn't get married. She goes to another well, just like Zipporah. 2,500 years later. And at this well, Jesus comes to her, just like Moses. And I mean, this woman brings all the baggage. In her life, you know, in Zipporah, it was the shepherds harassing her. By the time Jesus met her, she had been harassed and burned by all kinds of men. She's got an edge on her, and, and Jesus asks her some water, and she's like, you know, you know, what, can't you get your own water? You know, just she has that, you know. <laughs> and Jesus says, woman, if you knew you drank the water that I could give you, you'd never thirst again. And he begins to talk to her and deal with her. And I mean, she has an attitude. She's been burned by all the men in her life. And now there's this man talking to her. And you can just imagine a woman that's been handed around what she thinks of a man. You can imagine, you know, I know what you're all about. I know what you're after. And as they're talking, and he begins, she begins to realize this man is unlike these men. Just like Zipporah. She begins to see in him something she'd never seen. And her heart melts because deep down she knows there are bad men, but she realizes there's a good man. The Bible says she's so excited that she runs back to her village where all those men were and all those women who hated her because of those men. And she's like, hey, come see a man told me all that I ever was. And the Bible says she brought her entire village back to Jesus Christ because the woman that spent her entire life being harassed by bad men found a good man. That's the power of the gospel.
there's something very, very powerful. 1 Samuel 4, 9 says, act like men. Act like men. That means something. Don't be soft. Don't be a feet. Act like a man. The poem says, more than half beaten but fearless, facing the storm in the night, breathless and reeling but tearless, here in the lull of the fight, I who bow not but before thee, God of the fighting clan, lifting my fists, I implore thee, give me the heart of a man. What though I live with the winners or perish with those who fall, only the cowards are sinners, fighting the fight is all. Strong is my foe, he advances. Snapped is my blade, O Lord. See the proud banners and lances. Oh, spare me this stub of a sword. Give me no pity, nor spare me. Calm not the wrath of my foe. See where he beckons to dare me. Bleeding, half beaten, I go. Not for the glory of winning, not for the fear of the night. Shunning the battle is sinning. Oh, spare me the heart to fight. Red is the midst about me, deep is the wound in my side. Coward thou criest to flout me, O terrible foe thou hast lied. Here with my battle before me, God of the fighting clan, grant that the woman who bore me suffered to suckle a man. Men. God give us men. Let's bow our heads. This is a great need in this generation. Men are under attack. Men are being slandered. Men are being raised to think that being a man is drinking beer and going to strip joints. That's what people think nowadays. Men are being told, well, you know, don't be a Neanderthal. Be more refined and civilized. And, you know, and, and we don't want you to play with guns. And we don't want you to, you know, and, uh, and, and then next thing you know, you watch as men are killing in the streets and only women will approach them. God deliver us. God help us. Because he said, you know, when I move, I will give you flocks of men. I will give you men. While our heads are bowed, I want to tell you this morning about a man. His name is Jesus. The woman said, come see a man who told me all that I ever was. Is not this the Christ? And she found in Jesus Christ an answer to every violation, every misconduct, every assault suffered at the hands of another man, a bad man. She found the answer in Jesus. Here we are this morning, and I'm going to just be brief, but there are people here, you're not right with God. Maybe you say, you know, Pastor Ruby, I know all about bad men. I've suffered at the hands of a bad man. My father was a bad man. Or my husband was a bad man. Or, or the kid down the street was a bad man. And I've suffered. I'm here to tell you there's a good man. His name is Jesus. And he can answer every violation. He can answer every assault. This morning, he has the power to forgive sins. He has the power to change your life. You've heard these testimonies this morning. I wonder if there's any here that say, Pastor, I need to be saved. I need to know Jesus for myself. I'm not asking you if you go to church or if you're religious. I know we're in Texas and everybody says they're a Christian. I'm asking you to be honest with God about where you're really at. He loves you this morning and he can forgive your sin. He can change your life. And if you want prayer, say, I need to experience that for myself. Just raise your hand 
Put it up high where I could see it. Hold it up high. And by raising your hand, you're saying, Pastor, I need prayer. God bless you this morning. Thank God for you. Who else? With an uplifted hand, I need prayer. God bless you this morning. God bless you. Hands are going up. God bless you. All around this building, there are people. You're not right with God. He loves you this morning. Pray for me, Pastor. I'm not right with God. Lift up your hand. Maybe you're a backslider, and you know you're not right with God, but he's calling you back to himself. Lift up your hand. Say, that's it, Pastor. I'm quit running from God. God bless you. Thank you. Who else? Hands have gone up. Are there any others? I'm not right with God. Anybody else? I want every one of you that lifted your hand. I want to do something. I want you to stand up and just come right now. Would you come? Would you come? Lifted your hand. Thank you. Over here, you lifted your hand. Thank you. All of you come down right now. These are coming. Amen. Thank you. Right here, I need a brother over here. Pray with every one of these. Thank you this morning. Come on. God's dealing with you. While these are coming, I want to make a call. I want to challenge men to be a good man. Our society needs good men. I need, a, I need some people to come help us this morning. Our society needs good men. Brother, be a good man. There are a lot of bad men. But I'm telling you, this whole world is crying out for good men that will step in like Moses and say, you know what, I'll get in the fight. I'll defend, I'll protect, I'll provide. Be that man. Don't give in. Don't mean, you know, you're not you're created to be a, 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 a lust bag. You're not created this morning just to smoke and drink and carouse and get in fight. That's not being a man. Don't live down. Live up. And I would say to women here this morning, be careful, dear, because you can be slandered about all men because of bad men. If you're not careful, you will develop a man-hating mentality. I, I, I know what you're really like. I know how men are. We are living in an age of the vanishing male, and it's because of the misconduct of some men that women have said, you know what, I, I don't trust any man because you're all the same. I'm going to tell you they're not all the same. God's answer is a man of God. God's provision is a man of God. You may be sitting next to one right now. He's a good guy. He's not a perfect guy. He could always be better. But if you're not careful, all the reports from bad men, you can put on him. And rob yourself of God's answer for your life. Let's stand together. I'm going to open these altars. I want to invite you to come down and find a place to pray this morning before we dismiss. Amen. I want to invite you to come down. Amen. Let God help you. We come into your presence to sing a song to you, a song of praise and 